Hi, this is Steve Addison and you're listening to episode 187 of the Movements Podcast. Podcasts for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're talking to Joel Shore in Ipswich, Queensland about No Place Left, Australia. Uh, we had a, a prayer meeting uh, that basically lasted for about a year and a half. It was uh, the Spirit of God was just moving in such a powerful way. And, uh, you know, before that, I would say I was a worship leader. Um, I loved to teach. But in terms of evangelism, it just really wasn't on my grid at all. But uh, through this prayer meeting, um, we, we feel like the Lord just basically ejected us into the harvest. And uh, we, we started on um, uh, one of our local shopping centers. And particularly with uh, praying for the sick, we started to see many, many people healed. There was a, uh, a deaf girl, uh, 14 years old, that we prayed for on a train. That was a, uh, the first miracle that we'd seen on the street. She was completely deaf in both of her ears. And uh, she wrote in her notebook, she said, I can hear for the first time. I can hear the sounds of cars and, and uh, whispers and different things like that. So that was kind of what sparked us. And we were sort of, um, the Lord just sort of ejected us into the harvest field. And uh, we started with, um, you know, some of the way the master things and um, evangelism training like that. Uh, and we saw a lot of people coming to Christ. I started things called um, Rescue 316, which was um, we had a vision to see like 50,000 decisions uh, in, in a year. And we had launched 16 different um, shopping center outreaches um, throughout Queensland. And uh, we were seeing amazing things. But uh, I came to a point where people were making decisions for Christ, but it was very challenging to make the uh, transition from um, from what, what the Lord was doing on the streets to actually getting them into discipleship and into church. And at, at that time, we didn't really know any other way. So mm-hmm. we would just invite them to church. But we found that there was um, only a, a very small portion of the number of people that were making decisions for Christ that were actually making it through Um to uh to church so that's start really started us on the journey of um trying to explore lord what what does it mean to actually disciple these new ones and we experimented with um discipleship homes we had people that were on on ice and and drugs and different things like that living in our house um with us and saw some exciting fruit through that but um I really, I've read a few books on um, multiplication, uh, and that really just ignited my heart. And um, so I ran a school called the Glory School of Supernatural Transformation for about six years. And every year, I kind of feel like that was a practice run um, to try and see what we can do with with discipling these new ones. And um, Anyway, after I think it was, it was about five years of running the school, and we saw some we saw some exciting things. We saw a bunch of Iranians come to Christ, about um, sixty of them. We saw a bunch of um, uh, Iraqis in our backyard coming to Christ as well. But uh, we still felt like we lacked the um, the tangible path 
to be able to to disciple them. And especially, we really wanted to see these new ones begin to to make disciples um, themselves. Yeah. So okay. about two and a half years ago, really where we started to get to, to uh, um, a, a grid for disciple making movements, church planning movements, and things like that. Um, and I feel like that the moment for me that that shifted was when I was coming. Uh, we just did a conference, a normal Christian life conference, where we activate people to, you know, go on the street. But um, and I was running a whole bunch of different things: a school, a church. Uh, I still run a legacy church. Um, but I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to be focusing on? And I remember the Lord speaking to me so clearly. He said, uh, "I want you to see a movement of disciples making disciples." So that really um, ejected me, sort of on this. Uh, uh, motivated me just to, to pursue, Lord, Lord, what, what are you saying? And I remember somebody introducing me to the book T for T, a guy that was ca- was uh, coaching me, talked to me about um, one of their guys, uh, Zach um, in uh, Tonga, who was seeing movements um, of disciples making disciples. And uh, that really intrigued me. So I got a hold of the book. I was, um, uh, I was sort of halfway through a school and uh, I read T for T and it just, it ignited something in my heart. I'm like, this feels like this is the, the missing piece. And uh, so we started to um, implement some of those things in our school. We started to teach uh, Yin Kai's first uh, six lessons. And um, there was actually uh, two Chinese girls that had um, responded to an altar call on a Friday night. And two of our uh, glory school students um, uh, David and Megan uh, went to disciple them so on the on the um, Tuesday they took them through uh, kind of Yin Kai's first initial uh, lesson where you know uh, why do we share the gospel and who do we share the gospel to and these girls wrote down about 27 names of people uh, that they knew in their lives that were far from God and uh, they got so excited. They gave them some tools to be able to share the gospel. And, and uh, you know, and they knew the next steps to what to do when they came to Christ to actually train them in the same thing. These girls got so excited. They said, look, we're going into a lecture right after this. Uh, do you think we can share the gospel with our friends in there? And, uh, and so, so they said, yeah, go for it. So they immediately begin to, to share with friends and family all over the place. And within three days, uh, I think that they had led about three people to Christ. And then they trained them to go and do the same thing. So those three went off and they started to share the gospel and another two came to Christ. So it had already gone another generation without us even uh, meeting these these next ones. So that was um, a real turning point for me. I'm like, we, we're seeing the fruit. I'm all in. Mm. So you had like a long build-up to this, seven and a half years. But it, yeah. when the time was right, it's ju- it was just a tweak, wasn't it? It's not, I mean, mm. it just was a fine tune and it tipped the balance. Mm. Yeah. I think the other thing was we trained a lot of people in terms of evangelism. I think that we were motivating people sharing about the um, the importance of evangelism. We would teach people how to, you know, how to pray for the sick. 
but we didn't have any practical tools to really put them in, put in their hands. And so I think a lot of people would draw a blank when they're, when they're going out on the streets. So even being introduced to tools like the three circles and the four on one, uh, we've found that there's been a significant uh, increase in the name uh, in in the number of gospel shares just because the tool is so simple and so reproducible. So from there, we just started to um, we we started to train everybody that that uh, <laughs> everybody that would would uh, would hear. So uh, we went down to Newcastle, and there was a um, there was a church down there that we started to train. Uh, you know, it was simple gospel tools like like the the, uh, the three circles, and uh, we put out a gospel challenge to um, you know it, it, people could actually pray about how many how many gospel shares would you share in a week, and uh, people make made a commitment. I think that we made a a group goal of about a thousand gospel shares over four weeks, and I think it ended up to be about eight hundred gospel shares total. And uh, I think there was close to um, it was 150, just trying to remember the stats, 150 to 300 people over that period uh, actually made decisions for Christ. So we're like, we, we were just amazed by the, the number of people that were actually making decisions. Uh, you know, they say that Australia's um, it's just hard soil. You know, people already heard the gospel before. And they've already made a concrete decision, but we're finding that a simple, you know, sharing a simple tool like the three circles uh, that many people are saying, yeah, I'm willing to turn and believe and make Jesus the King and Lord of my life. Mm. So what's been the development over the last two and a half years <laughs> since that initial breakthrough? What's, what's it? Yeah. Like? Yeah. So, um, I remember actually uh, your um, your podcasts were uh, a phenomenal influence uh, on my life, and I think I listened to what the guys were doing in in Austin, Texas, uh, mm-hmm. with the you know they call them the different Galilees, and they were doing that. That I was introduced to the concept of the House of Peace Search. Um, so I had done a lot of um, you know Thursday night mall evangelism and different things like that, but I heard about this whole Luke 10 house of peace search where you're basically following the model that Jesus gave to his disciples going two by two, uh, you know, uh, healing the sick and finding the house of peace and then staying with the house of peace. And, and when I, when I heard that, I was like, that just makes, it makes a lot of sense. So I, I, to be honest, I didn't like the idea of uh, going door to door initially I thought, well, that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses do. That's what the Mormons do. Um, but I remember the Lord just speaking to me. He said, would you let go of your pride and just allow me to shine through you? So I, I started to do that with my daughter. I brought my daughter out. And we, just, we just went door to door and offering to pray for people, sharing the three circles. And uh, we were just amazed by the responsiveness of people. Now, obviously, some people say you know, not, they're not interested. But um, we launched a team, I think, the beginning of last year, and um, that we're going out on a Saturday morning, just into the harvest. We're praying beforehand, and we're just um, we're just knocking on people's doors, just offering to care for the community, and um, offering prayer, and then uh, and then we share share the three circles and the gospel. So just a really simple thing. Sometimes um, we say, "Hey, look, we've got a barbecue." 
that's happening in a few weeks. And that kind of gets through the initial awkward conversation. But uh, it's been amazing. It really has. In fact, just today, right after we meet, I'm going to be meeting with um, uh, an Aboriginal family, Robin, Belinda, and, uh, and their their kids in our ha- in our home here, and uh, last year, I think it was on the first week we had Mary Vaughn and Keith with with us. They went out into the harvest and they knocked on knocked on a door. Maybe it was the second or third door. That household, uh, Robin and Belinda, actually had come from Casino in New South Wales. They had felt that the Lord had called them up to Ipswich. Most their family is far from God, but they've been, they were following the Lord. They didn't know why they were here. And they were praying that morning. They said, Lord, would you send somebody to our door to come and pray for us? And because we don't know why we're here. Um, and so that moment, I checked with them, that moment that they actually knocked on the door, uh, they were praying for somebody to come to the door. And so they got to pray for them. They got to minister to them. And we found that they have really been a, a household of peace. In fact, um, just in the last few weeks, the, I would say there's about five of their daughters that we'd shared three circles with them. They all said that they were in brokenness um, and they weren't ready to make that step to, to go into God's perfect design. But just a couple of weeks ago, they've all responded to Christ. Now they all want to get baptized and uh it they you know they they are so well con- connected in the community every time i go over there there's another family there's another person that i meet for for last last year um we, we we've we've made some uh, i think some tweaks with our team we, we have a thing called uh kingdom family on mission which is uh you know if if you've i'm sure if you've listened to, to uh steve's podcast uh, um talking about you know, like residency basically where you have a, a weekly rhythm where people are, are doing uh doing family doing doing church together uh one day a week and then we're out in the harvest so we've we found that that's been a really helpful thing to, to create consistency with our team um i think that the challenge that we have been addressing we were just talking about this on wednesday night is that we're getting a lot of decisions for christ um, and we're celebrating those decisions, but um, I feel like we probably haven't celebrated the consistency as much, and we need to actually celebrate both because because uh, you know our team is very evangelistic and they they love going out in the harvest and we love the stories of you know families coming to Christ, baptisms, healings, things like that. But uh, but now what we're we're beginning to do is just to mm. on a weekly basis to celebrate the consistency. Mm. So, for instance, we have Andrew and, and Sheila, who are an amazing couple. They met uh, an Indian Fijian family, and they've just um, they've been going through kind of the, the seven stories of hope uh, with them. They haven't come to a point where they've made a decision for Christ yet, but it's been it's it's been. Uh, it's been an ongoing journey with them mm. to uh, to really, you know, kind of go through the, the uh, creation, the Christ story and things like that. And we found that the consistency of meeting people in their homes that has been uh, is showing a lot more fruit. So I think that that was a major challenge is that we're always breaking new ground and we're probably mm. not following so much of what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, that when you find the house of peace, stay in the house of peace. So um yeah so you you've attracted a lot of crazy pioneers and m- maybe you need some of those pastor teacher types 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wonderful problem to have, Joel, because um, this is just in sort of middle Australia. Ipswich is, it's a suburban area. It's it's diverse because it's yeah. diverse, but you're, you're doing this in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what else is, because I know you've, you've, got your fingers in a lot of pies. So what else is popping up around around Australia as as you bring others on board and train and mobilize? Yeah, well, we were we were just together in the four fields training. Uh, amazing team. Um, so you brought the team up uh, Troy Cooper and uh, Rick and Jenny and uh, Rachel and um, and uh, guys from the UK. It was amazing, amazing. So we we uh, we had some we had people from South Australia. Obviously, God's doing amazing things in Perth. But uh, just one story: one of my friends um, from Victoria, uh, Jaleel, he uh, he has just jumped in the harvest. Like thir- he's doing a thirty days in the harvest since he's been at the four fields, um, and uh, he he's very influential. He's worked for the Billy Graham. Um, uh, Billy Graham organization down in um, in uh, Mel- in Victoria there, and so it's he's just absolutely going going for it, just running with it. Um, just yesterday, I was also talking with um, with Ellie, and I was in Bendigo last week. Um, there's some uh, some churches there that are so excited about the concept of uh, disciple making movements of the House of Peace Search, and uh, actually just on Monday, I took a, a senior pastor out in the harvest, I thought, man, if there's anything that I could really deposit in this church down here, it would be actually going out and doing a house of peace search. So he had had a dream about a house um, where he pre- previously used to live. It was a, a quite a, uh, you know, uh, um, a lower socioeconomic area. And he said, you know what, just talking about the house of peace, I remember that dream. So I was like, why don't we go for a drive? So we got some Easter eggs and we're like, we're going to just give some Easter eggs to the community. We drive up and he says, that's the house that was in my dream. And there's a lady that's sitting out the front. This is just on Monday. So we hop out of the car. Uh, we've got our two girls with us. And we walk up to her and just say, hey, we're just from this church. And, and we're, we're offering to pray for people. And Jason just shared about his dream. And this lady, she just, it, it blows her mind. She said, you know what? I'm, I wasn't supposed to to be out the front before because I'd called a taxi like an hour before, but then for some reason, the, the, um, my order got canceled. And so I've been out the front here. Now you guys turn up. I'm just about to uh, visit my, uh, my daughter who's sick. And, uh, and so we got to give her Easter egg. She said, please give me some contacts about your church. I want to, I want to understand about this. And so, uh, and then right after that, there's, uh, there's two guys that come in, came up to us. We got to share the three circles with them. And a guy at the back says, Jason, Jason, and uh, calls out to him. He hadn't seen him for 15 years. So it was just like within the span of 10 minutes, there was all of these divine appointments. The lady's ready for Jason to come back and uh, visit with him, him again. And so it's just it's just been exciting. And then it's, it's not, not only has it... Um, fruit being happening in Australia, the exciting thing is I, I believe that Australia is positioned for a, a, a movement 
of disciple making that's going to spread to the nations. Uh, according to the ABC, I believe that we are the second most multicultural nation in the world. And so uh, we, we've had people in the harvest. Uh, Bonani was a young uh, Congolese boy that we had shared the three circles with. He decided to turn and believe and receive Jesus. And so we baptized him in the Brisbane River right after that in shark-infested waters. <laughs> and, um, and from there, his cousin, uh, we've been training, his cousin was just around here on uh, Wednesday. His cousin's helping train a brand new church start in the Congo. So it's, uh, it's skipped from Ipswich to the Congo. We also trained a, a Peruvian lady in their school named Yana Lee. She went back to Peru. And within a short period of time, I think it was two weeks, she shares the three circles to her family and her friends. And they say, we're all in brokenness. They're weeping. They're crying. Uh, they all respond to Jesus. She leads 40 people to Christ within two weeks. Then she trains them solidly for seven days. And she forms uh, two home churches over there in Peru. Wow. So it's like the nations are literally at our our, our door front, uh, doorstep. And, and you have and, some uh, Filipinos as well, don't you? We do, yes. Absolutely. And it's jumped so, to the Philippines? It's jumped to the Philippines. Yeah, we're doing we're doing some trainings uh, in June in uh, in the Philippines. Four fields, uh, four on one trainings with pastors in Mindanao. I'm thinking Mindanao. There's about sixty percent of the tribes are unreached, and so they're on the front lines. We're we're going to be equipping them with tools to be able to reach all of those unreached tribes in the Philippines. And so it's just been it's been thrilling. Wow, what's Joe, what's God put on your heart for Australia? So from, from a local perspective, um, we as a team, we have uh, really taken ownership for, to see no place left in five suburbs. And uh, there's 48,061 people in, in our local area. We believe that, that we, we're going to be able to see, we're believing for no place left in two years, um, that everybody has the op- opportunity to uh, to hear the gospel and respond. And we want to see multiple, uh, multiple streams of uh, generational, you know, churches that are being planted, uh, you know, that are, uh, are spreading overseas and groups that are being formed. Um, I believe that, I believe that this nation is ready for, for this. You know, I'm so encouraged even just hearing your story about how God has used you all over. Um, all over the world through your through your books and through your podcasts to to so strengthen and encourage people in disciple making movements, but even moving back to Melbourne, that is such a, a confirmation to me that uh, uh, Australia is is so right for this. And uh, we, we're believing, you know, the, the great Southland of the Holy Spirit, the prophecy that Smith Wigglesworth prophesied that the last greatest move of God would happen in the nation of Australia. If that is going to happen in Australia, being the second most multicultural nation in the world, I believe that not only we're going to see movements here, but we're going to see movements that are going to empower local and international missionaries that are going to impact the nation. So, yeah, we're believing for for big things for Australia. Has anyone shared you the three circles before? Have you had a three? three circles before? Has anyone ever shared the three circles with you before? No. Mm-hmm. So this is the first circle. So this 
represents the world that's broken. All of us live in a broken world. You only have to turn on the news and see... Suffering, death. War, sickness. Rape, disease, it's everywhere, right? But you know, God didn't actually create the world to be like this, full of brokenness, eh? Here's the second circle. This circle represents God's perfect design. God's perfect design was a world without brokenness. A world full of love. Full of joy and peace yeah. and unity. But what we did was we sinned. Sin could be anything from lying Mind to murder. murder. Wait, so like, just like normal lying or like hard lying? And what sin did, it separated us from God's perfect design and threw us into brokenness. And so people try all kinds of different things to get out of brokenness. They might try drugs or alcohol. Or maybe chasing a career or money. Smoking. Even bullying other people at school. Oh, sleeping suicide. around. Suicide, exactly. Good example. But it doesn't actually fix the problem of brokenness. It's like a bungee cord. We just get snapped straight back into brokenness. And ultimately, if people die in that state of brokenness, and separated from God, and that means that that's eternal separation from God. Do you know what this place is often called? Yes. What God did was he didn't want to leave us in that place. God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. Jesus was God, so he had no sin. And when he died and rose again, he actually took on all of our sin and cancelled it like he crushed it. He said if we would turn away from our sin and believe in Jesus and make Jesus and the Lord of our life. We become restored. restored back into God's original design. And you become a new creation, a new person in Christ. And will restore us back into relationship with him. So there's only two kinds of people in this world, people that are in brokenness or God's perfect design. Where would you see yourself? Probably right there, to be honest. Would you I'm not sure. Love? Brokenness? Yeah, possibly love. The bungee stage. Yeah, the same. And where would, where you, would you like, like to be? So where would you like to be? You'd like to be here? Yeah. Right here. Give me the That's so good. One of God. So here? So is there anything that's stopping you? From turning and, and believing in Jesus? And allow him to be Lord and King of your life? Stubbornness? Probably not. Probably we, to be honest. Nothing's mm-hmm. stopping me. You know the awesome news about Jesus? He is the only way out. If you try to clean yourself up before coming to Jesus, it's like trying to get clean before you take a shower. Oh, I see. Yeah, I get that. Is there anything stopping you? We shared the three circles with 34 people. Four were already believers. 13 chose to remain in brokenness, but some were deeply impacted. And 17 wanted to leave brokenness and receive Christ. There are many powerful ways to share the gospel. And the Three Circles is a great place to start. If you're enjoying the Movements podcast, don't forget to leave a review and spread the word via social media. This has been Steve Addison for the Movements podcast.